and it really comes down to what, you know, what you want to do with your life. And I was like, well, there's obviously an interest here with this whole hand lettering thing. I know the business skills. I could teach artists these business skills. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kev Rogers here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting us into your ear hole for the next 30 minutes or so. We're going to treat it with respect and give you lots of cool information. Really fascinated by today's guest. I've gotten to know this guy over the last month or so. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Andre Chaperone. And man, this guy really impresses me with all that he's doing. He's one of those cats that makes everything he's doing look easy. <laughs> and it's appropriate that he was introduced to me by Andre because Andre has that same effect where I'm just, whenever I talk to people like Sean and Andre, I'm just like, I just want to stop everything I'm doing and do what they're doing because it, <laughs> they make, uh, make it look so clean and easy and simple and direct because it is if you let it be. So we're going to learn all about Sean today. Uh, let me just give you the place to go to learn more about Sean McCabe right now. It's SeanWess.com. So that is the URL. That's his middle name, Wesley. So it's S-E-A-N-W-E-S.com, SeanWess.com. The man is Sean McCabe. And Sean, thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate it. Kevin, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Shout out to Andre. Thank you so much for introducing us. Totally agree. Andre is, he's a brilliant guy and he does make everything look really easy. <laughs> well, so do you do. Like when, when we're on Skype together I, and video, I, I look uh, that's your office. Like everything is so clean. And you know what I mean? Well, well, you know, you know how it goes, right? Like we, we have our presentation, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not always so I full disclosure here. This is the second, uh, we had to reschedule this interview because uh, I mentioned we had a, a, some technical difficulties on our end. All of our fancy video live streaming equipment broke down because of one little problem and, uh, we had to cancel our event. And so, yeah, you know, maybe we look, make it look all easy, but I think, the easier something looks, the harder the person's working. Yeah, that's a great point. And it can be pretty straightforward if we let it be, but it doesn't mean, like you said, things won't break, you know, especially in this modern age of technology. So, well, cool. Well, Sean, I, I'd love to, I don't often on this show cover somebody's sort of journey of how they ended up in this this world, this field of, you know, digital marketing and, and teaching but in your case, uh, I'm so in love with your story, and I think it's so unique that I'd just like to open the floor uh, for you to tell it, starting with your background as an artist and how you transformed into what you have today with your community and all the great teaching you do at Sean West. Yeah, I've noticed this theme of overlapping in my life where I've got like the main gig, the day job, and then something else on the side, you know, my nights and weekends, I'm doing something wherever there's that creative void in my life, I'm trying to fill it with a side gig. And it, it all started when I was at the top of a, a 30 foot roof. I, I was a window cleaner, actually. And uh, 
I was at the top of this roof trying to clean this window. Actually, I was at the top of this three-story building with a four-foot ladder on top of the roof at the three-story wow. building, and my partner's holding the base of the ladder. I'm standing on the top of the ladder, the part that says, do not stand, and I'm <laughs> reaching. My arm is extended as far as it will go to wipe off the, the drops in the very corner, and, and fortunately, the next part of the story is not that I fell, um, but... <laughs> My partner goes, whoa, you know, he's trying to st stabilize the ladder. And I shot him this threatening look. And I'm like, now is not the time for whoa. Mm -hmm. And it's right about then that I started kind of rethinking some of my career choices. Um, and I, I, I got out of the window cleaning gig. That was a little too scary for me. Uh, but I, I decided to start a band. Well, I didn't start the band, but I joined a band. And we're like, yeah, we're going to go full time and travel around. And that was a fun three months. And then we realized we needed to eat. And... Uh, <laughs> It always gets in the way of artistic endeavors, I swear. Right? It's so annoying. Uh, so we, we're like, well, let's, that's kind of how I got into business. I was like, we're like, we, well, we got we to gotta find some work. And so we started our own businesses. For me, it was a computer repair business and uh, just started passing around flyers and got different jobs. And those clients had businesses and those businesses had websites. And they were asking me, hey, can you build websites? And I'm like, yeah. And so I, I'm learning on the job and figuring out how to do things. Next thing you know, I had a, a partnership web firm and I, I sold the computer repair business. And, you know, I'm building websites and it's pretty cool. Like I'm I'm enjoying I had stepped down from the band. You know, I got married trying to be more responsible. Uh, but what I didn't anticipate was that creative void, you know, stepping down from the band, not playing music as much anymore. Mm -hmm. Building websites was fun, but I still had that creative void. And so, you know, I was overlapping from computer repair to web design and I'm doing web design. And I, I met this guy, he came down, uh, I live in San Antonio. He was visiting and he randomly hit me up, sent me a message and he said, Hey, you want to get some coffee? I was just looking online for designers in San Antonio cause I was visiting and wanted to hang out. And I was like, wow, this guy's, he's pretty well known. You know, he's pretty cool. I'll go have coffee with him. And Next thing you know, like he's talking about hand lettering, you know, drawing letters by hand. You think of like the Coca-Cola logo. Uh, it's not a font. Mm. It's it's custom letters that someone drew. And this guy, he did a bunch of that stuff. And I was like, that's really cool. I used to do that in middle school. And he said, hey, you know, if you enjoy it, just do it. It doesn't have to turn into a job. You can just do it because you enjoy it. And, and you know, we hear this, we hear the message of like, do what you love. And I guess for me, it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, yeah, you know, I, I can do something because I enjoy it. And, and so I started drawing letters in my nights and weekends, just drawing things. For me, it was, it was this creative outlet. And I felt like, you know, whereas a lot of people would draw quotes, famous quotes that you hear people say, for me, I always drew words that I wanted to say, you know, they were always my own message. It, it was my way of, of sharing my voice with the world. And so that that's kind of where, where we, we pick up my story is I'm drawing letters in my nights and weekends, spending like six to eight hours a night outside of my day job. You know, after the 10 hours building websites, I come home, I'm not watching Netflix. I'm not going out for drinks or partying. I'm just sitting there drawing like a nerd <laughs> and posting my work on the internet. Uh, and for the first two years, Kevin, no one really noticed. Wow. And so did you hope they would notice beyond look at this cool hobby I have or were you hoping to get work with it right away? For me, it was totally like I did it because I liked it. And if anything came of it, 
cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it didn't seem like anything was coming of it. You know, the first two years posting almost daily, sharing my work, sharing it online, no one really noticed. And I don't know why I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but after two years, right after two years of showing up every day, people suddenly started to notice. They were like, your work's great. Do you do custom logos? Or can I get this quote on a t-shirt or a print? And so I was like, oh, wow, you know, people actually, they're, they're interested in this stuff. And so I started taking on custom commissions. Hmm. I was doing work for money and I didn't need the money because I had a day job. You know, I was, I was overlapping, right? Got the main gig paying the bills and then all this extra money I was making on the side was, was bonus. And so then I, I took that client work money and invested it in, you know, a run of t-shirts, which they have minimum runs. You got to spend a couple thousand dollars to get a bunch of shirts, but the shirts sold out Mm. and then I I replaced them and they, they sold out again. And what I didn't realize until many years later is I somehow was in the middle of this resurgent interest in hand lettering. And when I look at the stats, like the Google search, you know, keyword results, uh, between, I think it was 2007 and 2011, searches for the phrase hand lettering went up by 1000%. Wow. And so like everyone's, I don't know why, maybe it's just because everything's all automated and digital. Everyone, they want to be reminded that there's a human with a soul behind the designs they see. Yeah. And, and there's just this resurgent interest. And so what happened is I'm, I'm starting to make money with clients. I'm selling products, but I'm ignoring the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room was people asking me questions. They wanted to learn how to do what I did. They're like, how are you, how are you making money with hand lettering? How, how are you doing this? How are you drawing? And so they're, they're sending me emails, asking me questions. I was getting like five emails a day and I, I was at first responding to all of them individually. And then I realized this is not very efficient. I'm, I'm going to just put up a guide on my site. And I didn't know anything about marketing, Kevin. I didn't know about email lists or lead magnets. Yeah. And so I just put a page on my site with a 10 step introductory guide. And over the course of the next year, 200,000 people read this guide on my page. And I was like, whoa, there's, there's this, obviously this huge interest here. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, I I love this story because when people ask me about starting a community, I say to them, you know, if you make that decision, because you think it's a good business model, it's going to be very challenging. I say the best reason to start a community is because you organically created a need that you can no longer fulfill with one-on-one, right? Mm -hmm. And it would clearly benefit people and yourself for you to teach it one-to-many. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened here. Yeah, totally not a planned thing. But that's that's kind of where I found myself. And I'm looking at at my stats and I'm like hundreds of thousands of people have read this. Hmm. That's amazing. You know, there's there's obviously room for me to go deeper because unlike a lot of artists, you know, the the whole starving artist mentality is very prevalent in in the art world. And uh, unlike a lot of people in that world, I had come to art through business like I had already run this computer repair business. I had already uh, you know, basically ran this partnership web firm for several years. I'd worked with clients. I understood pricing. I knew how to write design contracts and negotiate and communicate with clients. And like, 
that all of that stuff that the practical business skills that artists didn't have. Yeah. I knew all that stuff. I mean, what, what I didn't mention is I was making great money. You know, I eventually hibernated the web firm. I was a full-time freelance hand lettering artist. You know, I, I, I was quoting five figure rates on these jobs, like big name clients, Rachel Ray magazine, the city of Las Vegas doing these hmm. business to business ad campaigns. And you know, I, I learned, I was buying these books about licensing and stuff and how to price. And they, they, these clients were not blinking. Like when you snap into business mode with clients, they, they automatically know what you're talking about. It's, it's when you don't, you don't sound like you know what you're doing that a lot of these companies will take advantage of you. So cool. That's such a good point. And so you said you knew what you were doing, but was that, was there an arc to that? Or did you just always have sort of an innate business sense? No, I, I of course, of course not. But that, by that point, I guess I'd probably been in business for myself, working with clients maybe six or seven years uh, in, in different industries. And so, I, you know, I just learned the hard way with different clients, like learning about taxes and accounting and and contracts and things like that. And and also just, you know, I was pursuing a, a college degree at the time, but it's like, you know, I was going for a computer science degree, but I had a couple of businesses that were successful. Why don't I just run with the business? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just like learn on the job, get that experience. So that, that ended up working out really well for me. You know, I, even though I dropped out of college, my, my education didn't end. You know, I was, I was seeking, I was pursuing my education, buying books, listening to podcasts, just like getting my hands on, on all the material I could to learn. Cause there's so much out there. I mean, there, it, so much out there for free that you can learn if you really dedicate yourself. There's also a lot of distractions online right. uh, for free. And it really comes down to what you, know, you want to do with your life. And I was like, well, there's obviously an interest here with this whole hand lettering thing. I know the business skills. I could teach artists these business skills. And so I, at the time, I'm immersing myself in the world of marketing I would, I'd have like a Bluetooth speaker in my shower, like no second was wasted. I'm just like (laughs) learning all the time. And, uh, so I'm producing this course I'd saved up enough money from, from client work to be able to take off and produce this lettering course to teach business skills to artists. And six months later, I launched this course applying everything I learned about marketing and it made six figures in the first three days of launching. Goodness. Fantastic. Wow. Love it, man. And by the way, SeanWest.com uh, forward slash lettering is where you can see uh, Sean's work. So, man, so many roads we could go down right here, but I'd love to hear ab- about, because so few people have had this experience when you opened your community. Was there a big build up to that? Was that something that followed the course? Was it conjunction with that? What was what was? Yeah, that? great, great question. So w- w- oddly enough, you'd, you'd think I'd keep, keep teaching about lettering and stuff. And I, I did for a little bit, but more people than I expected were actually asking about the process of launching that course. Mm. You know, how did you market this? What is the, what does the business look like behind the scenes? And, you know, I started a podcast much like what you're listening to and started sharing twice a week, starting several years ago. We, we got a few hundred episodes now. Just, I was like, I'm going to iterate in public and just share everything I know and what's working here. And, and so people, Again, you know, I didn't just make a community where I'm like, hey, go sign up. People started emailing me saying the podcast has changed my life. I've been able to quit my job and start a business or travel across the world. And I'm having these amazing conversations with people one on one. 
but they weren't able to connect with each other. And so once again, it's just like, hey, let's solve the problem here and create a community where everyone can come together. I love it. Yeah, it's just so important to me. Uh, look, I know not everybody can have this sort of consistent tra trajectory to their career, but the key thing you said in there, Sean, was that there's so many distractions. And I think mm -hmm. that is what stands in the way of most people is that they succumb to the distractions and they don't just stick to the, the clearest path in front of them. Sure, there'll be some trial and error, but if you consistently put out stuff that people are reacting to, and keep in mind that Sean mentioned, it took two years before anybody even looked up yeah. <laughs> at daily postings of his beautiful work. And then all of a sudden, he was in the jet stream and, and, and then he just kept moving and growing from there. I want to mention the book, which I'm just looking at it here on your page. It looks super cool. It's The site is overlapbook.com. And overlap, is, as you've been mentioning, is a theme for, for your journey here. So tell us what, what's in the book and what inspired you to write it. Yeah, so the, the overlap book is it's basically the how. We, we hear these phrases like do what you love, pursue your passion, these cliches, but we're left wondering – like, okay, when you get down to it, literally, actually, what do I need to do? How do, how do I take the, the thing that I like and turn it into something that is my full-time pursuit? Essentially, brass tacks, how do you make money from scratch when you're stuck in a soul-sucking day job with a boss that you hate, working with people that just annoy the heck out of you? How do you transition from what you're doing now to the next thing? That That's this overlap thing. It, it's It's uh, contrary to the idea of, you know, quit your day job and hope for the best, right. you know, there's this like take the leap kind of thing. And yeah, you know, it does come down to a leap of faith moment, but let's be sensible about it. Let's, let's take a calculated risk here and, and overlap on purpose. Cause I mean, to, to kind of recap my story, I went from uh, a roof dangler, you know, <laughs> cleaning windows to yeah. uh, being in a band, traveling around, repairing computers, building websites, drawing letters, teaching others, you know, establishing a community and now even a, an in-person conference that, that if I can, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. uh, you're speaking at. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. it well, it's so what a, what a trip. And so I, I like this idea of overlap because the truth is it's, it's, it's unavoidable. It, well, y you have choices, right? And some people just wait so long to you know, pursue what they would find more fulfilling that they blow up one day at the, at the crappy job <laughs> and they have the epic walkout scene, you know, but you know, panic and paranoia set in pretty quick after that when the rent comes due. Uh, yeah. And you know, from my experience, Sean, yeah, I literally had two full-time jobs. The one I needed to go spend eight hours at to pay the bills and I'd spend another six to eight hours doing the thing I loved, which was copywriting. But make no mistake, there was a major sacrifice. You know, my wife and I just had our second kid. She was essentially a, like a single mom at that time, you know? I mean, I was there in the house, but oh, yeah. I was so consumed with this passion, this journey, because I knew it was our escape pod out. But that was a huge example of overlap in a very determined effort that finally paid off. So in your experience, how, how calculated do you get about the overlap? Do you sort of give instructions or is it more about the mindset of, of not waiting to pursue your, your real passion? 
oh, this is this is the most practical book you've ever read. It's a it's a down to earth step by step guide. I mean, with with everything broken down for you, the the simplest part, but but it is it's kind of hard. It's a simple concept, but it's hard is that the day job is your foundation for overlapping. What you don't want to do is just jump out, pursue this thing you're passionate about, and then immediately try to turn it into something that makes money. You got to think of it like you plant a tree, a, a little sprout comes out of the ground and it turns into this, this sapling. And if you try and lean against that thing, put your weight against that thing, it's going to snap. You know, you got to wait until it's, it's, it's grown into a tree that can support you when you lean against it. You got to put a fence around that. That's, you know, it's, you got to protect your passion because if you try to monetize it too early, you're, you're going to end up killing it. What, what I see happen so often is people jump out on their own and then they're like, I got to make money. And so they start taking on clients that they don't want to work with, right. but they have to do it because they need to pay the bills. And eventually it turns their passion into a job. And so that that's my goal here with the overlap book is to help people basically per, pursue their passion without it turning into a job, have it be something that supports them. And, and the core piece of that, the core piece of your overlap, cause you're always overlapping, you know, there, there may be five seasons left in your life. There may be 12 seasons, but what you do next probably isn't going to be the thing you do for the rest of your life. I mean, look, look at my journey in just the past decade. And that's not even a very long time. Yeah. People get so overwhelmed at like, what's the right thing? I have to pick the perfect next thing to pursue. You really don't. Mm. You know, we, we imagine that we're standing in the middle of a forest where we don't know which way to go. There's 360 degrees of options all around us. And, and we're wondering what's the right direction. Really, it's more like a starting line of a race. And all the arrows point forward. You know, it, any step you make is forward progress because, as you know, Kevin, it's it's never a straight line. The thing you do next, yeah. you're going to learn things, you're going to make mistakes, and it's going to bring you to the next thing. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, I'm certainly living that in in my career as well where I never imagined I'd host a community and have these great podcasts that I enjoy so much. And now having comedy back in my life, it's just all these totally unpredictable things that – like you said, Sean, you just keep moving forward. It's progress over perfection and it's constant momentum. Somebody recently said on the show, John, my, my uh, partner, John Carlton, on, a, on another show of ours, that it, you just have to keep moving always, right? And I said, that's the one piece of advice I would want to leave my children with is that just never sit idle, right? People yeah. will get the most frustrated with you when you're lost, They'll be sympathetic for about nine minutes about you feeling lost. <laughs> but if you're constantly trying and heading in some direction, people will support you and you'll feel invigorated and you'll always be learning about yourself and what you want and what you can offer. And, and that's where the magic happens. Yeah, that's a great point. It's the hero's journey, right? Yeah. Like we, we want to look perfect to people. We want to, you know, have it all figured out. But I mean, what kind of stories do think about the the shows that you watch, the books that you read, the movies you, you you see in the theater? You know, the ones that interest you are the stories where the the hero is struggling and you see them overcome a challenge. I would encourage people to share their journey right now. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to right. have it all figured out. Like people, they're along for the journey and they want to see the process. 
I love it. And you talked about doing that on your podcast. What's the name of your podcast, John? Uh, Sean West podcast. So seanwest.com slash podcast. It's, it's basically the intersection between creativity and business. Fantastic. I love it. And so is most of your audience artists? You know what's crazy is you would think that, but but over the years I've found this is kind of why I wrote the Overlap book. the The principles that I was using to approach business and and the art world applied so much more broadly than I realized. And I started getting messages from people who you know they're developers, filmmakers, photographers, real estate agents, teachers, and it is really cool to hear. So it's actually a, a pretty pretty good mix. Awesome, I love it. Um, okay, Sean, I want to get to the essential question because <laughs> I'm really fascinated how you'll answer this. And and then I'd like to talk a little bit more about the live event, which again, I'm speaking at. Thank you for inviting me to do that. I, It's a gift to me when anybody invites me on their stage because it, it provides me the best showers of my life leading up to it. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm always <laughs> fantasizing, fantasizing about how I'll present. So Sean McCabe, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that's produced the most surprising results? So I have to say this is like a really practical thing that that I learned from Nathan Barry. It's pricing in tiers. So uh, what I did not used to do is have multiple packages for my products. So you work really hard to create this product, to put it up for sale. It's really hard work. You got to figure out what you want to build. Then you got to build it then you have to to sell it, you know, the copywriting, the marketing, and you have to you have to get the attention of people. You know, it's everything feels like all of the work, but it, it all works together. And what I what I was missing, the piece I was missing is coming up with tiers, different packages for one product. So instead of putting up one product, you have uh, ideally three tiers for this product. And what I did wrong the first time and fixed later on what I messed up was I started with my product and then I, I crippled it down into a couple smaller packages. And what you want to do is start with your product as the base tier and then create two higher packages by adding on value. And what I would recommend is starting with uh, the price and the, the ratio that works really well for, for not just me, but it's, it's backed by research. I think this was originally done by, I think it was like Gumroad or something, some online services. That, that sell digital products, it's 1x, 2.2x, and 5x. So for instance, if your base product is $100, your next tier up would be $220, and then the, the top tier would be $500. And the reason I would say to start with the price is because naturally you're going to get pretty overwhelmed here. You're, you're going to have your base product, and you were cool with the price. Maybe the price was even $1,000, but you start thinking about $2,200 and $5,000 and you get uncomfortable. And if you start with that discomfort, you're not going to create the tears because you're like, what, what could I even do? Start with the number and then ask yourself, how can I add value until this is a great option for my prospect? Hmm. So if it's a $1,000 tier and you need to come up with a $2,200 tier, what value can you add? What, what else could you do? Could you add some done for you services? Could you add some coaching? Could you add some bonus material? So that's what I would say is tiered packaging and then using that 1x, 2.2x, and 5x. Oh, what a 
beautifully clean and valuable answer. Thank you. Just you just you just backed up how I introduced you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Now, can I, I want to dig into this a little bit more? Can we, could you give me an example of that? I, I love this concept of starting with the price because it, it, it so so much anxiety happens around the price. Oh, mm. what's this worth? What's this worth to these people as opposed to these people? What you know, the worst thing you want to be asking yourself is what can I get away with charging? Right? Like, yeah, you, you yeah. get rid of that. So if you start with say, let's just say a hundred dollars, you know, what's an example of of someone you've coached through that process? Great question. So. Yeah, at first you're thinking all about yourself and that's when you'll feel you'll feel uncomfortable because you're thinking about yourself. You got to think about your customer. You you are serving them because realize this. When you price your product and sell only one package, you you're really selling 10% of those packages to someone who would have got more. And initially you're going to be like, "Well, what is this about? Just trying to get more for yourself?" No, what I'm saying is they were willing to invest in an even better, more tailored solution for them had you offered it. Mm. So if you think about it that way, it unlocks so much here because you're thinking in terms of adding value for your customer. So so like a course, that what I did wrong the first time is I had this 10-module course and I crippled it down and made smaller, you know, here's a three-module version, here's a one-module version. What you'd want to do instead is have your, say it's a course, have a course, then add some bonus material or bonus training and uh, maybe some expert interviews and you've got a next tier up. And then for the top tier, maybe you include some of your time. Maybe you're personally coaching them. Uh, with, with my book, actually, what I, what I came up with is, well, how can I add anything to a book? That doesn't really make sense. But I started thinking, well, maybe this person wants it in different formats. So I could add an ebook. I can add an audio book. I can I can give them a letterpress print with with one of my lettering designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I was also thinking, well, if this person's dedicated enough and if they're looking for, you know, we teach a lot of things in the book and, and talk about accountability, where, where are you going to find those people to be accountable to? You know, obviously we have our community and we think that's a great solution. So I thought, hey, what if we create the highest tier with five books? So this person is trying to find people in their life that are on the same page. Why not buy a few extra books, give them to your friends, and we're also going to throw in a month of membership. So there's your accountability piece. But like, if we didn't start with that higher tier in mind and build backwards, we wouldn't have come up with all of that. Yeah, fantastic. So I want to be clear here. Do you frame this as upsells or packages? No, it's not an upsell. It would just be a package that's right there on your sales page. Three different options, which that that has been proven to be the the ideal number because it's not overwhelming, but it gives people the feeling of choice. Just three packages there, three different ways to buy at three different price points. That's good because it feels a little sleazy sometimes to have the big upsell funnel. Do you get that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so surprised that... I had people coming to my conference saying like they were shocked that there wasn't some kind of back end deal. And I, I didn't even realize that was a thing. But <laughs> a lot of people, they put on the conference and then they're trying to sell like some ten twenty thousand dollar package on the back end. And I was like, I just wanted people to come together and have a great time. Right. Yeah. It's like you really got to convince people that this isn't leading to something. <laughs> this this isn't a trick. The thing you're yeah. paying for. Yeah. I'm looking. So as evidence, SeanWest.com forward slash book got the overlap overlap book bundle 
So that's a signed hardcover, the ebook, the audio book, and then a limited edition letterpress print. That's one that's one package. Then you've got the book, signed hardcover, and that is not just the book. That also comes with what? Uh cloth bound emboss. Yeah, so it's a it's a nice uh it's it's a a premium item, you know. It's right. it's a really high quality thing. What we haven't added to that uh, page at the overlapbook.com is the the five book bundle. That's what I was thinking. Is like add add something in there. Right. You know, we're we're still we're still toying with it, but I thought that might be like a good example. Yeah, very cool. Right, because this is a book that I would want to hand out to people, right? Or I mm-hmm. might might send to people on my my team who are still transitioning, or who knows what, but. Really great, dude. Man, it's so cool again getting to meet you. You know, it makes for, I'm always afraid it makes for less interesting listening if it's a big love fest. <laughs> but I really dig what you're up to, man. And I know people are going to be inspired to learn more about what you're doing, listen to your podcast. Everything's at seanwest.com. We got the big event coming up in September. So this is not your first conference. How many of these have you done? This is the second one. Uh, we started doing a bunch of meetups across the country and, and they were supposed to be two hours long and people would stay for 10 hours and the venues would kick us out and they'd all go to the restaurant across the street. Huh. We thought, well, we better do do something official here. So this is our, our second conference in Austin, Texas, and we're very excited about it. But th- thank you for, for the kind words, Kevin. It's 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 really been an honor for me, not just to be on the show, but to get to meet you. I always really enjoy our conversations. And that's why for me, it was a no brainer to invite you to speak. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to meet your tribe. And man, I just love Austin, Texas. I love being there. I have a ton of friends there. So really looking forward to it. Sean McCabe. Thank you, brother. SeanWest.com. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.